And we're back. I was worried that we wouldn't have much to talk about. Because it's only been a few days since our last episode, our first post-game pint of the season, now available on YouTube. Check Go check out. it out. Yeah. Check it out now. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, are we going to have enough to talk about? Like, it's one game. So, I mean, if you're going to have one game, might as well be Saturday night against the Habs. And we do not have that issue today, my friend. Lots of things to talk about, and I don't know a better place to start than number 34. Uh, Yeah. Number 34, baby. Yeah. Uh, You go. You go. You go. This is everything we ever wanted in a first overall pick for tanking and getting a first overall pick. This is what you wanted. And you look at the drafts ahead of him. It's like, thank God that was the year they tanked. Yeah. Because after that, it's kind of like, ugh, like not many great decisions. I mean, the year of, the year before, you could have got a guy who was just a tiny bit better. But Austin Matthews getting drafted by the Maple Leafs first overall in the past couple of years, it has not been a disappointment at all. It's been phenomenal. But this year, he's gone to that level. Yeah, that level of like, this guy's a franchise changer and a guy you're ex- makes you excited to tune into every game. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, great, we're going to watch a, another guy on the first, William Nylander on the first line. We'll get to, we'll get to, we'll get to number 88 in yeah. a few minutes. But, but I like, want to rejoice um, the phenom. The phenom. The phenom. Yeah. That is number 34 right now. 18 goals in 18 games, 16 game point streak. In my opinion, I mean, I don't like, did you watch any of the game after the Leaf game last night? The oil, did you see that Connor McDavid? Yeah, goal? that was disgusting. That It, it was disgusting, yeah. but like, it's just that I'm used to him doing that. You know what I'm not used to? Austin Matthews getting four point nights back to back. Yeah. And it's not because he wasn't a good player before. It's just he wasn't really the type of guy to get a four-point night. And you get two back-to-back four-point nights. Like, that's a that's that's goat. It's amazing. Can I make a uh, somewhat petty comment? Can I go for can it? Can I can I just can I just take a little dig? Yeah, go for it. Imagine being the head coach that for three or four seasons just decided that putting Matthews and Marner together was a stupid idea. <laughs> And just putting, like, that first year especially when he was in the league and it was like, here's Connor Brown yeah. and Zach Hyman with Austin Matthews. And no offense to those two guys, by the yeah, way. Yes. Like, two two grinders. Your feelings about Zach Hyman are well documented. Exactly. Yes. I love Zach. But it's, and, and you know what pissed me off about it the most is is the time where he decided to put them together. If it didn't work for a period yeah, they're done. or for one game, it was like, gone. Yeah. See you later. Think of... Like, think of where we'd be right now or how the outcomes of previous seasons might be different if those two had been allowed to develop this chemistry earlier. That's what I think every time I watch them. Like, maybe they wouldn't have lost to Boston two straight years. Maybe they would have put them away in game six the second year. Yeah, or even if they would have had, even for their own careers. Yeah. They would have had better individual seasons or or won a couple more games just by getting a couple more goals. It's it's like you got to give guys a chance sometimes to gel. Like sometimes it always doesn't always work, but it's pretty clear that these two guys are buddies. Yep. They both love playing each other, playing with each other, I should say. One's a passer, one's a shooter. Like give them time and look what's happened, man. They're they're easily the most exciting line in hockey right now. Yep. 
And the other part of that line, Mr. Joe Thornton, you heard my hot take on him the other day. Just, you know what I love the most about him? He looks like he's having the most fun. There is no one on that bench who is having more fun. And you look at the record too. Like he's been playing for a middling San Jose Shark team. For the past couple of years, like they they went they went to the conference final a couple of years, but that was a long time ago. And and he used to lead the league in points and assists and be in that heart trophy conversation. It's kind of tailed off. But now the guy is so excited to be playing with these two guys, and it shows that his skill level is somewhat still there. Can he handle the workload that he used to? No, but that's because of his age and and where he at where he's at in his career. But He's he's contributing. Like we're not just drumming this narrative up. We're not just being excited that he's a veteran in the room anymore. Like he's actually legit contributing, which is huge. I I said this on our Instagram a couple hours ago. Don't take for granted what you're watching with number 34. Don't take for granted, man. Don't. No. Like he He's the greatest Maple Leaf of all time. And they showed a stat today that through 300 games, he has the most points by any Maple Leaf. Yep. And he's passed still laps. So, like, take that for what it is. You know, like, <laughs> the game's a lot different than it used to be. And, and it's it's a little harder to to score on a goalie now who's actually wearing full equipment and, and a good helmet. But he is on his way to being the greatest Maple Leaf of all time. If he's, he's not I, already. I, I, think he's, see, I think he's already there. I know. And he's the GOAT. Yeah, he's the goat. Honestly, yeah. it's just in, uh, we talk about he's on a he's on a fifty goal pace. You hear that every day. People just being like, "Can he actually do it? Yeah. Can you picture him like not even getting a chance to score a goal in any of the games no. for the rest of the season? Like no. he's always especially especially in this division. Dude, yeah, they're they're dummying this division. I know. And looking at the record, it's like this season is so much fun. Yes. It it might be easier to drum up a negative narrative. To, to kind of sit here and there's so many things to talk about when things aren't going well. But when I tune into the standings and I see their record and the amount of points they're getting and they're the top goal scoring team in the NHL and they got the best power play in the NHL and their defense has improved significantly, in my opinion, especially the guys on the blue line. Like this is the most fun I've had watching the Leafs in, in years, yep, in years. The top players are are contributing. They're all the top of the league in points. Like what, what more could he ask for in terms of entertainment? Like that game against the Canadians, that if that's a playoff game in a playoff series, like sign me yeah, up yeah. the NHL in general, not even the Leafs or the Canadians or, or hockey, like hockey in general needs that type of excitement in a game, especially come playoff time. Six goal second period. It was it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was like, it, oh my God, they scored again. Yeah. Like every time Matthew scores now, I said you text, yeah. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, he yeah. just scored again. Yeah. He yeah. scored again. Yeah. yeah. It's this is the best. Yeah. He, it's so fun. He owns Carey Price. Mm. He really does. Like he he owns them. I love watching it. Same. I love Same. watching it. He owns it. the Sens too. Like, Look at us. We're sitting here. We got a little giddy, giddy talking like, about hey, hey. <laughs> Austin yeah. Matthews. Yeah, hey. I know, I know. Yeah. Just sitting here. Oh my god! Got a bit I, of a, a couple man crushes on him over here. Well, I have since since they drafted him. He's been like, he's been. I'm just so happy that this is the guy that we ended up with. Yes, and it's it's yes. been years later, but it's like 
every year it's like Austin Matthews is one of the top players in the NHL. And you could almost make an argument being like, I want a little bit more from him. You know, like he's phenomenal already. He's already one of the best goal scorers in the league. But you're like, you know, like guys like McKinnon and, and, and Pasternak are pretty good. But this year it's like, let's go. Let's go. So if I can veer away from Matthews for a second, if I, if I can put like a concern about Matthews playing so well, okay? The second line is in a bad way. If he gets hurt, if something happens to him, they're screwed. Like, they're screwed. Like, him and Marner are their entire offense right now. And, like, they're getting nice contributions from Boyd and Spezza. And- I think Jason Spezza is probably, I don't watch enough hockey of other teams to know, but I think Jason Spezza is arguably one of the best fourth-line centers in the NHL yep. right now. Yep. Like, he's contributing every single night. I don't know if I'm just, I don't know if I'm just biased because I love the guy. Yeah. But I think he's legit contributing every single night. One of the best fourth-line centers. So let's talk about it. Um, The second line has been a hot topic of discussion in the last, like, week or so. And last night, um, final half, like, final eight minutes of the third period, your your man, William Nylander, um, was asked to take a seat by, by Sheldon Keefe. Before we talk about Nylander's play... I want to I want to just like I want to talk about William Nylander and Leafs Nation. Throughout the years there's been a lot of like polarizing players. Like in the last decade, like think of all the players that have like polarized the fan base. Dion Phaneuf, Jake Gardner, Joffrey Lupel, Phil Kessel, <laughs> Nazem Kadri. I'm getting like, I'm getting PTSD as you speak right now. Like think of all think of all those players and like the just the polarizing way they affected the fan base. I William Nylander is in a league of his own. It's like it's 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 insane. Dude, it's insane. Like you you cannot and it honestly, this this doesn't just go to the to the people who are his defenders, his stands, as I've been calling them lately. It also goes to the haters. Like they're so dug in on each side, and this is why I've always said, like my take on William Nylander, I'm in the minority. I'm right in the middle. It's like I don't expect like all these all all this. Oh, he needs to compete harder. He needs to get pucks back. He needs to be better defensively. It's like he's. I just don't think he's that type of player. And now. You can argue, like, is he worth what he's being paid? In the grand scheme of the NHL right now, he is on he is on a good contract. Like, he's not, I wouldn't classify him as, like, absurdly overpaid. But I just, it, like, can everyone just, like, it's okay. It's okay to look and say, he didn't play that well tonight. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to dig your heels in. And I heard a take this week on the radio. And I just I loved it. It was absolutely perfect. It was the William Nylander supporters ha- are so dug in on him. They they've like they've their fan base. They've they've mortgaged their fan base on him. So it's like they're gonna defend him. Like if they, if someone's come out and publicly supported him, they feel the need to like constantly be there. And it's like it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Like if Marner, if Marner has a terrible shift, it's okay to say Marner had a terrible shift. But why is it if it's like, man, Nylander's defensive game tonight wasn't great, and people just get so upset 
Like, it's so upset. It's like, guys, he is what he is. He's a talented goal scorer who has a difficult time giving a shit. Yeah. Like, that's, that is, that is it. Guy's got talent for days. He's got tons of upside. He's got all the God-given skill and ability in the world. He's got a great shot. Like, all those things. His main problem is he picks and chooses when to give a shit. That is the problem with William Nylander. And in the Zoom press conference after the game last night, I don't have it on my phone because it's currently recording me right now, but it says, Sheldon Keefe said that, even because he played with him in the Marlies, he even said, I don't, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm going to be pretty close, that sometimes you wish Willie was a little more engaged than he is. Yep. And if that's coming from the coach, yep. my side of the Nylander fan base, like that's what we're talking about. If that's coming from the coach... Yep. A guy who coached him in the AHL and now. That's the problem with him. And if he's not scoring like he's not scoring right now, it's it's it really sticks out. It yes. really sticks out. If yeah. Nylander shoved it in my face, he's not Austin Matthews. No. But if he shoved it in my face every night, then then I would be like I'd look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. But it's just like even if it's coming from the coach's mouth that sometimes this guy has a problem being engaged, and like he said last night that Willie did not match what other what the way they were playing to keep that lead, then he's gonna sit on the bench. Yeah. And that's what people I think people take it to the extreme. Like I, I don't I have been opinionated about William Nylander throughout his tenure here. And everybody knows who've listened to this podcast, if you're new here, then you then you're gonna figure out that I'm not his biggest fan. That he drives me insane sometimes. And I don't think he's overpaid. Like he might be, he might not be and, and the salary cap, such a divisive thing. And it's just such a hard way to, you got to think about it when in terms of the way you're building your team, but it's just, I don't think they need him. Yeah. Like that's my thing with William Nylander. It's like, I get that he's not going to be that guy. Okay. Not everybody's that guy, but if you're not scoring, then okay. What are you really doing? It's just, I just don't think at this time, he fits in with this hockey team at that price. Well, I mean, that's a whole other discussion to get into because like, if if you want my hot take on that, like you look at the way the, the organization and Sheldon Keefe values Hyman. It's like Hyman is his, 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 like his bandaid. Like it's like Joe Thornton gets hurt up to the top line. Uh, Tavares and Nylander struggling. Thornton comes back down to the second line, get them going. And Hyman's deal is up. At the end of this season. And I like I, I'm of the opinion that, and again, before before you all freak out, I'm not a Nylander hater. However, to your point, you just said like you don't think he's very valuable at this point. I'm of the opinion, like, I would move William Nylander just to pay Zach Hyman whatever he's gonna ask for. Five million, four and a half, whatever. Cause right now they can't afford that. No, and, and and it says a lot about Zach Hyman because Sheldon. We can agree that Sheldon Keefe and Mike Babcock are, are different. Yes, are very different in yes. a lot of ways. But one thing they have in common they is, love Zach, is Hyman. Zach Hyman. Yes, like what you just said, he's the band aid. He's the guy who can be up on the first line, second line, third line, yeah. penalty kill. If you need to throw him in front of the net on the power play, you can do that. Yeah, and he's never going to be William Nylander. He's never going to have a skill level or a shot or have his zone entries or whatever. But it's just <laughs> he just. You could plug him in in so many other different situations. Like, it's just, it, it's, sometimes I get why people defend William Nylander. And I don't think he's a horrible hockey player, but it's just, sometimes it's like, I, does he really 
fit in on this hockey team right now? Does he really need to be there? I like I don't he, know. Here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say to count as a counterpoint to you. Like I just mentioned that like my concern right now with the way Matthews is playing is if he and not not a concern, but like if he gets hurt, they're screwed. Well, it's like I, th- I think so any like team in the NHL, like if your star player goes down, then you're you're screwed. But fair, but there in terms of offense, like listen, yes, Spezza, Travis Boyd, Kerfoot has played well these last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Like so, it, but offensively, they're a one line team right now. Yeah, like they like they are, it's and that's and listen, first it's line. working, and that is not a negative. It's working for them. You're right because it's it's not like they're just a one line team. Like their one line is the most productive line in hockey right now. So, but if you could get Nylander going with Tavares, that that makes the second line more of a threat. And come playoff time, that's what you're gonna need. Like if they're gonna do what we all want them to do in the postseason, which is in my listen, when you're 14 3 and 1 and you're dummying this division, you're six points clear of the Edmonton Oilers. You Eastern Conference final or bust to me this year. Like, sorry, like barring some sort of like major injury to Matthews or Fred or like a key cog marner, like a key cog, Eastern Conference final or bust. So if they're gonna get there. And they're gonna play who? Who we think they they would play in the East final? Boston Bruins, Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, Florida Panthers. Randomly, like a, a credible opponent, they're gonna need to be. They're gonna need to get that second line going. And William Nylander is gonna have to be a big part of that. Yeah, and if William Nylander shows up in the playoffs, then we all look like idiots. Yes, and it's like okay, we're all wrong. Willie just shoved it up our you know what, and good for him. But I agree with you. What you just said right there. When you're when you're that when you're this far ahead in this division, you can show that you can put points up at the board. And the thing that they're proving this year that we've talked about before is when they played the Bruins in the past. The Bruins know how to capitalize on their opportunities when they get that power play. Yes. And this power play this year is a hell of a lot different. Yes. Especially with Austin Matthews developing a one like the one timer against yeah. Carey Price. I've never seen him shoot a one timer that hard. Yeah. Maybe I be maybe I'm wrong, but. I've seen enough Leaf games that I know that Austin Matthews kind of just a a wrist shot from the strong side. Seeing him from the opposite side taking that slap shot to get that power play goal, like if he does that nice. consistently, it's that's nice. that's fifty goals a year. I should say, um, fourteen, three, and two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's just one overtime loss. Yeah. The, the overtime losses are. Yeah. I mean, they're a point. If you're gonna lose, lose an overtime. Lose an overtime. That's yes. one thing. If you're I've gonna learned. blow. If you're gonna blow a five-one lead, at least. Blow the game in overtime. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on JT okay. John Tavares oh, okay. for a hot second. Like, yeah. I just want to know your like. I don't want to be too hot takey here. I just want to get your complete honest opinion on where you think he's at right now. I think John Tavares is still has the skills to be an elite centerman. I think at his age. Um, he's never been a great skater. You know, like if I can compare him to Thornton, who's who's quite a bit older, Thornton can skate. Like he's on the first line with those guys. He can keep up with them. So Johnny's never been a great skater. And I think he's he's at a point in his career where he might have to 
adjust his play and the way he approaches the game. Like, you can still be an elite center. Second-line center is exactly where he should be on this team. If if he's our first-line center right now, I'm, I'm a little worried. But second-line center, with Matthews drawing all the intention of the other team's top defenders, is exactly where Tavares should be. I think this is... We didn't follow him as, like, intently when he was in the island, but, like, this is probably one of the toughest stretches he's had in his career. Yeah. So it's like he's going to have to navigate that. And I think part of that is just accepting, like, I'm not the player I was. Like, he's 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 dangerous down low. He needs to be, he needs to get into the Spezza um, conversation of does not lose a face off. And he needs to change his game that way and realize, like, his, like, Keefe has been sticking up for him a lot in the media lately and talking about his play in his own end and how much he likes it. So he'll he'll get out of it. Um but again, like he he needs he needs Nylander to get out of it. Like not to bring it back to Willie, but like we scored they, 40 goals with Mitch Marner. Yes. When Mitch Marner played yes. on his wing and they were glued together, he scored 40 and, goals and, and, and had not, his best offensive season. I'm not saying it's Nylander's fault that Tavares is struggling cuz it isn't. The two of them have to get out of this together is what I'm saying. And I think like I said, Johnny, like you're an old man in the NHL when you're his age. Like you just are. And he he has to he has to figure out he can still be effective. He can still be a top second line center in this league if he's in that role. And he just he has to figure it out. He's to stop doing too much. He's forcing it to You can see dude, you can see it all over his face. Yeah. Like he's like he's struggling, he's upset. He He's seeing Matthews and Marner carrying the team offensively, and while I'm sure he's a great teammate and happy for those guys, he feels like these guys are pulling all the weight and I'm not doing anything. And you know that he's the type of guy that like that probably bugs him. So he should, he's got to get through it. It's a tough stretch. I think Keefe is the perfect coach for him to have to help him get through it. I think Wayne, as, as much as I love Hyman, having Wayne Simmons back and being able to move him and Hyman around as like the two kind of tough banging wingers will help because Simmons was doing well on that line before he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he was. So I think having Wayne Simmons back will be, will be huge for them. But I just, I, I feel, I feel bad for him. I think it's like you, you see this in all sports. You see it with quarterbacks in the NFL when, when father time starts to catch up with them. And Tavares is not an old man by any means, but I don't think it's like, you're in a league now with like the Austin Matthews and the Mitch Marners of the world, guys who can skate and play the way they play. You can still be effective, but you have to find a new way to be effective. And like I said, offensively, that's down low. That's in front of the net. That's in the in the in the crease. That's out front of the net on a power player in the slot on a power play. That's where he's effective. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think I said no hot takes, but he is. At this point, the most overpaid player in the National Hockey League, in my opinion, by by his production and what he's doing. But the way he's portrayed in the media and the way he just his body language, his interviews, his everything about him. He's he seems to be one of the most likable dudes on planet Earth. And, you know, his teammates like all love him. Like, you know, his teammates are all like like you saw Marner the uh, like the other night against the Senators when just skated right over him was like so stoked to help him get that goal. Like they want to help him get out of it. Right. Yeah. And this is where like 
having having guys. This is another underrated part about bringing in a guy like Thornton, who's been in the league forever and seen it all. Like you don't think him and Johnny are talking, and he's not looking at him and being like, "Dude, you're gonna you're gonna get through it. Like it's fine. Yeah, it happens. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing you, Keith. Too. Like they know they love him, man. Like they made him the captain. There, there's a different way to handle every hockey player. That's yes. one thing I've learned through even just playing sports growing up. It's just every guy needs to be treated a little bit differently. You need to find which way they tick. It's like, John, everybody knows how hard he works, how much he cares. It's just about encouraging him to get to the right spot to contribute as much as he can. And with with Willie, on the other hand, it's like Willie probably needs a, a, a kick in the butt a couple times. Yes. And and there's different ways to handle. So that's why I think when Sheldon Keefe comes out and he's he's encouraging his defensive play and he's doing the right things, I feel like that's the way he thinks he needs to handle John. Mm-hmm. And I feel awful for him, you know? Like, I don't think he's playing badly. It's just tough when you're making that money and you're not contributing offensively or a guy who's so... or a, a dangerous guy that people are worried about all the time. He's also kind of just seen a decrease in some power play time as well. Like, it's pretty clear that Sheldon Keefe is... Like, it's the Matthews and Marner show. Like Which, all, is, which is how it should be. Yeah, it's, there's no problem with yeah. that. It's just like... A, it's almost unfair to him. His contract's almost unfair because the role he's playing isn't what he's getting paid. And that's not his fault. But like, I feel like everyone in this fan base wants to see him come out of this, you know, like I'm not sitting there being like, Oh, John, like, Oh, like, look at that again. He's terrible. It's just like, you're dying for him to get that goal to get to break out, have that two goal night to have that five game point streak. It's just, it's tough with him. And, And it goes back to what you said about William Nylander, because John could not be playing as well, but people are, kind of in his corner being like come on john yeah. and then willie doesn't play well it's like this guy sucks well that trade him no the half of the fan base says that and the other half just pulls out the the charts and the zone entries and the, but if you're pulling out charts yes i know we're talking about john but like if you're digging so hard yeah. to find what this guy's this doing is, well dude this is my problem with the analytics community like you're sitting there and telling me how great his numbers are. But when I look at the numbers, I'm sorry, that matter. Goals, assists, points. They're, they're just not there. I know. Like, they're just, they're just not there. So I, that's, that has always been my problem with the analytics community. And I make an effort and we make an effort on this podcast to not discount anyone's take or opinion. And it's really important. And you, if of either one of us, you're the one that is like, looks at numbers more than I do. Like, honestly, but I just, it, it fall. That's where it falls down for me. It's like, like, if I can just go on, go on a little side rant here, expected goals. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough. Like some of them are great numbers. Like last night I saw, like I, I read the article on I'm on, expecting to go upstairs and have a case of beer there waiting for me that just magically showed up. Doesn't mean it's gonna be there. Yeah. Like, like I, I saw I I read the post game articles about the game against the Canadians, and it's like the expected goals and the expected chances while Nylander was on the ice is why he got benched. And it's like 
Really? I, I, I think he got really? benched. I, yeah, I think he got benched because he gets stripped of the puck and just stands there and watches. That's and, why and I think he, he got he, benched. He attempted a little drop pass at one point. He got picked off, and it was an odd man rush. Yeah. Like, that's their problem when when they get a lead and they start kind of giving up odd man rushes and breakaways. It's like they started to be a little too cute and trying to make a pass that isn't there. There's three numbers that matter with the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. 14, 3, and two. Those are the numbers that matter. Yeah, like when's the last time this franchise was at that? Yeah, and know? I'm not saying like I'm not saying like and, and like and again, you gotta be so careful with this stuff because like someone watches this and hears me say that and it's like Whoa! and it's like I'm just saying that like they're at the top of their division because they're 14, 3, and 2. They're if they want the one seed and win the division, it'll be because of though of their record, not because of their expected goals. So just Chill. I know. I know. And we try, I feel like me and you, especially on our Instagram, try so hard to play the middle, you know, yeah. like we, well, because I don't, I don't want like, I, I take a really hard stance. If I can get on my soapbox here, I take a really hard stance against people who say like, who, who discount other people's opinion. Like we had a little, we had a little beef situation. Yeah. Our Insta got out of control the other day and like, like two things. One, <laughs> name calling is like chill with the name calling. Yeah. Two. We're talking about a hockey team. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, you can't say people's opinions are dumb. Like you just can't. Like you, you, you cannot say that. Like if someone has an opinion, no matter how outrageous it may sound to you, that's their opinion, and you can't discount their opinion because how many people who want to do what you and I are doing and start a podcast, whether it be about hockey, like what have you, baseball, sports, life, what have you, are scared to do it because they're going to get told your opinion is is dumb and stupid and doesn't matter. That's like, it's not even sports. It's like yeah. if you put yourself in the public eye, period, yeah. like you're subjecting yourself to someone just ripping you apart. And you can't, you just can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. So I just want to say, I am an, I'm in no way, my opinion is analytics matter, numbers matter. Any metric you can use to judge your team is important. However, at the end of the day, it's wins and losses, period. That's, that's how you get to where you want to go. Yeah. I, I, just, I just look back to the past couple of years, even though this is a different season, and it's like, you, you look back at those playoff series, the one against Columbus, the two against Boston and the one against Washington. And it's like, what player in that series was like so dominant and so important that they could have won that series with them. You know, it's like so many guys still have so much to prove, yeah. you know, like this season has been phenomenal for, for Austin and for, and for Mitch. But it's like, at the end of the day, we could sit here and talk about all this great regular season acolytes or, or, accolades and acolytes acolytes like like pro wrestling the apa yeah. <laughs> it's like pro wrestling yeah. accolades and it's like at the end of the day if austin matthews goes into the first round and and completely shits the bed then it's like all that was for nothing you know it's just like well, i feel like a lot of this team's issues are what's coming not what's happening you know, right now you know, i don't know you know me i'm always dying to get, talk about my green bay packers and they're the perfect example of that I don't care about your MVP season, Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. You 
Tom Brady threw three straight interceptions against you in the NFC Championship game, and you lost. Cool. Enjoy your MVP. Have a nice offseason. Like, yeah. Doesn't matter. And the beauty about sports, too, is, like, people have different opinions, and not all of it is logical, you know? Like, being a fan— Because it's emotional, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why you can't discount people's opinion. If somebody says that they think Freddie Anderson stinks, if you don't agree with that, that's fine. And you know what? There's a good argument to not agree with it. But if somebody watches and they just say, I don't like this guy, they're allowed to think that and say that. Yeah, it's just nothing's logical about being a fan. You know, like you're going to be emotional. a fan of this hockey team. Yeah, like I could contradict myself like five times in this episode. And sometimes I don't even realize it because it's just what you're talking about. Your emotions just kind of drive you into one opinion. And it's I was talking with some guys the other day. And we're talking about this season and how like they're 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 thus far they've dummied the Canadian division. And they'll have to play teams in this division in the first two rounds of the playoffs. And I was saying to these guys the other day, I was like, and you said this to me too. If if they get eliminated in the first round, I'm I'm done. I, I'm gonna be yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in a dark place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be hard to drum up some excitement for the next season. Yes, yes. Especially like the way that the way the standings are shaking up right now, if anything crazy happens, it looks like it's going to be Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. Well, the, the Oilers are. I was actually going to take us there next. The I, I didn't put those in second. order, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I yes. just, I, I, I mean, it kind of seemed like it was in order, yeah. but that is kind of the four teams you're looking at right now, and it's, it's like you can beat any of those who's, teams. Who's the matchup in those, in those three teams that scares you the most? For me, it's the Winnipeg Jets. For me, it's the Oilers. Oh, really? I don't know why. Yeah. I just think Connor McDavid. Like, I know they don't have the goaltending. Yeah. I know their defensive see, see, play. That's is... why. That's why I'm worried about the Jets because of the other Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, and there's there's a, a, a he he can steal you a series. Yeah. Whereas, like, I look at I look at the Oilers, and and I, I you can make the same argument for Carey Price, but to me, Carey Price is is on the back nine of his career. Yeah. You look at the Oilers and it's just like I don't I don't see if the Leafs play to their capability offensively, I don't think the Oilers can stop them. Whereas like Connor Hellebuck can stop them. See, I, I pick the Oilers because at the end of the day, when it's a tight game, the Leafs will always refer to scoring more goals. Yes. And if there's two guys in this league who can outscore anybody, it's Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel. So if you want to get in one of those high race odd man rushes type of game, you're playing the wrong two and dudes. Let's, like let's 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 look at Hellebuck's numbers. Like what's it like I think he's got like a nine fifteen save percentage yeah. and and he's been pretty good. Like, you know, like there's no there's no goaltender in this division that's been clearly dominant in my opinion. Like he's been pretty good, but it's not like he's 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 completely shut the door on everybody. Nine, yeah, there you 16, go. 916, yeah, 765 and 1. And yeah. it's it's hard goalie numbers are tough too, yeah. you know. Like it's it's like it's all about like your team's defensive play. The Jets have been pretty good this year, but you know, they've had some struggles as well, but I I I'm going with the Oilers because it's like if you want to get in a scoring fest, yeah. look at the best hockey player to to ever maybe play the game. Yeah. Like Connor McDavid. The guy the guy who could potentially challenge some of Wayne's records. Like, honestly, like I think Based on skill level, skating ability, s- skill, like I think he might even be 
better than Wayne. Yeah. Like that's my like Wayne played in an era where it was a lot easier to take a clapper and score on a goalie who yeah. doesn't even know how to get down in the butterfly. Yeah. This kid is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, like he, yeah. he's unstoppable. Yeah. He's the fastest. Anyone who plays hockey knows that the hardest part is when you could be the best skater ever without the puck. Once you get that puck, you slow down. That yeah. kid speeds up with the puck. Yeah. It, it is what he did against Calgary. Last like night. that yeah, was yeah. just, that was easy yes, for him. Yes. Like it, that's why I know their goalie sucks. I know their defense isn't great, but man, he's scary. Yeah. He's a scary dude. All right, we got to get out of here. But before that, we got two this week against the Flames and then three straight against the Oilers. I feel like they played the Oilers yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like they're almost done this series. Yeah. Yeah. I saw today on Instagram that the, the Blues and the Coyotes have played seven times in a row. Yeah. Well, the Whoa. States is the States is um is a mess with COVID. Yeah. Can I can I just I feel as though I need to just like say this. Um you're gonna cut a promo right now. Yeah, I am. I feel as though I feel as though I need to say this because I'm I'm always the guy on this podcast who's given the NHL grief. Like I'm always like, God, they're so uncool, they don't do anything. Did you did you watch any of the Lake Tahoe game yesterday? I heard no, I did not, but I saw that the, the sun was a little ridiculous. It, yeah, they had to push the game back nine hours or whatever because the sun. What an incredible like, dude! They're right on the water. Like, there's mountains behind them. Like, yeah, it's one the Nordiques jerseys. Oh, those might be the best. The, of the best, best retro reverse retros are the Avalanche Nordique jerseys. Yeah, those are good oh. ones. Anyways, like that's a rare scenario where it works out not having fans because you couldn't do it there if you had like a ton of fans. It it looks amazing there, man. It looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, right. I just got to do one quick thing okay, before we leave Let's here. Cut a promo. Montreal Canadiens fans, no. listen up. I love beating you, okay? <laughs> you came at me with, oh, they're the top goal-scoring team in the league. Look at the standings now. They're they're mediocre at best. <laughs> I love beating you. And last night was another example. A playoff series against you. Let's do it. I'm done with you, Canadians fans. You are done. Carey Price is washed up. They are not as skilled as you thought they were. They had a couple good games against the Canucks, the worst team in the NHL, in my opinion. You're done, okay? Let's go. I want to see a round against these two. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan has had enough. I'm going against Hab fans this With year. Habs Nation. We could be logical on here and, and try to see both sides, but when it comes to the Canadian fan base, oh, yeah, I love beating you. I love it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's episode of the Talking Buds podcast. If you like what you see, head to our Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. That's where we live on social media. Again, we say it every week. We're going to say it again. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Share with your friends. You have no idea how much it helps. It really does help. One comment, one like, one review makes all the difference in the world. We'll be back next week, and we'll be talking some Leafs on playing the West Coast teams. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Let's keep going. 14-3-2. Maybe we'll have a little bit better record then. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. 
She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the podcast about broadcast. Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off Podcast with Matt Kundal wherever you get your podcasts.